Hello and welcome along. It's Mark Chandler here with the latest podcast. Thank you very much for listening and downloading. How is it in Tokyo? The team's arriving by the day, as are the reporters and TV and radio production crews. There have been so many times in the last year or so when I've definitely doubted we'd get to this moment, but with hundreds arriving at the airport each day, Tokyo is ready. I'll be there next week, but one of the first on the ground is BBC Olympic sports reporter Nick Hope. Nick's been a regular contributor to this podcast. He's one of the most knowledgeable Olympic reporters out there, so definitely follow at Nick Hope TV during the games to get first-hand accounts. And Nick's been speaking to me from soft isolation in his hotel room. Thanks for having me as ever. Um, look, gosh, I don't think I've allowed myself to think about actually getting to Japan until I was on the flight, even though I've known for a while that I was, I was probably going because of everything that's been happening around the world. And obviously, we've had so many tests in the run-up to heading out that we've had to monitor our health for 14 days and then three days of solid testing before the flight and then more since arriving. Um, but since arriving, things were so... How can I describe it? We, we were worried coming into it that it was going to be really an unfriendly atmosphere and people would be really tense. And it was actually completely the opposite. People were so friendly as soon as we got off the flight. Um, it was really well structured. There were no... Not for one moment did you think, where do I go? You were kind of guided throughout the whole process. It did take about two hours just over. And I've heard some horror stories about some people it takes four to six hours for them to get through all of the different testing because you've got a mobile app that has to be registered. You have so many pieces of paperwork that have to be checked, stamped, approved, and then you go through the process and then eventually you have a test. You have to wait about an hour for the results of that before you can go through and finish and get your um, accreditation. So overwhelmingly happy to finally be here. That's great. And what about the city itself? Does it feel like an Olympic city? Is there any signs of that? I only got a quick sense driving from the airport to the city centre, because as it is at the moment, I'm my first couple of days of uh, in the country, which basically means you have to stay in this soft quarantine where you're basically restricted just to your hotel. And you can very quickly just go to a local shop and back if it's been pre-approved. Um, from that sense, as I said, from the airport, I did get a sense the games was happening. There were there were posters, there were the, the Tokyo 2020 signs were about. And obviously there were a lot of people around the airport who were all in the Tokyo 2020 uh, branded um, outfits. Um, but I would say, you know, usually when you get there, there is a bit more of a fanfare. You know, there are hordes of media straight as soon as you walk out through the uh, the arrivals area and everyone's ready to sort of pounce on the athletes. And I was there with a few um, athletes from, there was the women's hockey team, there were the triathletes, there were some uh, shooters as well. And there wasn't really anyone to kind of jump on them because obviously, you know, they're, they're respecting social distancing and things like that. So that was a little bit of a change to to usual. But as I said, from the little bit that I did get from the volunteers that were working in the airport and then just outside, you know, it is a city that's gearing up to it. And with all the scare stories there have been in the build-up about the, you know, the, the, the population not wanting the games here, I haven't had any sense of that yet. What about the climate? I mean, that's something that I think, you know, we've ignored a little bit. How have you um, found that little walk to the shop? <laughs> You're totally right, because, I mean, this was before COVID hit, remember, this was the biggest story. You know, we were talking about um, the heat and the exhaustion that athletes could face and how uh, the marathon event was having to be moved to a, di to a different location and a different time of the day. And we've sort of, because of all the issues around COVID, totally ignored what was already going to be a big 
problem. It is hot, it is humid, but it is also incredibly wet. There has been so much rainfall in the last few days since we've arrived. So it's a real kind of, that humidity is always going to be high, but it can be really broken up with periods of intense sunshine, as well as the you know, incredible tropical downpours, essentially. So we've seen, you know, a bit of everything in the last 48 hours. And that is going to be, you know, a real challenge, aside from obviously the safety and the security of the athletes that we've spoken to and been speaking about regards to COVID. The weather conditions here are going to be a big, big challenge. Have you got a sort of working day plan? Do you how far ahead do you have to plan these things? I've heard stories of of like a 14 day uh, list where you pretty much have to say the places you're going to on a day-by-day basis. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have been allowed into the country if you hadn't submitted in advance sort of a 14-day plan of where you will be. Now, there are some, uh, there's a little bit of flexibility. So you could put in, say, for example, if you are going to be covering one event and there's a chance the athlete might go out earlier in the competition than you'd hope. And then obviously your day becomes a little bit freer. If you put down two venues for that day, then you have the option of going to the other one. But if you haven't put those two down, you effectively have to go back to base. Um, You can put in obviously your base at the International Broadcasting Centre or the Press Centre or I don't know if you're going to be out at a, at a holding camp because there are some athletes who won't go straight into the competition venue or into their uh, accommodation. They will go into a, a holding camp in, say, Yokohama, which is south of Tokyo or, or elsewhere in the country. So those can all be on your list. But yes, you have to have those basically before you uh, you can get get let into the country. And my, my plan, obviously, the next few days, I'm, I'm mostly here in this uh, glamorous uh, hotel room, but I'll then over to the International Broadcasting Centre and then hopefully getting out to do some preview interviews with athletes in the um in the holding camps that i mentioned i know i'm doing uh interviews with the track and field uh athletes at the back end of next week so just before the games begin but there's quite a few through team gb over the next week so hopefully things will become a little bit clearer obviously as well as we once we know which other members of staff are coming out to join us because everybody is in a similar situation at the moment they need to pass these tests and obviously get off the flight test more and and pass those and uh, so lots of questions still to be answered and um, one of the joys of covering uh, games like this is 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 that thrill and that run around you can start off being at i don't know the boxing and end up at the diving with a little trip out to modern pentathlete you know it's the the excitement of following or chasing the story do you think that's still going to be possible? Is it going to be different to that? I think it's going to be different simply because of the rules that I've mentioned. And also, there aren't going to be as many opportunities for colour around the games. You know full well uh, from being out at multiple major events yourself that one of the things that brings it to life is being able to spend time with the friends and family of the athletes who are competing and get the slightly different perspective outside of that um, intense competition Um uh, mindset when an athlete you know steps off the field of action that won't happen because obviously we've known for months that um, friends and family aren't going to be able to travel out here and obviously the the other side to it being that Japan and Tokyo going into a state of emergency means that as it stands there won't be even local fans in the venues you know those those home athletes from Japan here won't have their friends and family so it's going to be so different and unprecedented is something that's thrown out there all the time, but it really is going to be such a different game. I do think though, you know, when people see it on the TV, we often say, although it's a huge privilege to be here, one of the best places to watch the games is on TV because you can bounce around all the venues. And when you're here, you see what's in front of you, phenomenal, but you miss all of the rest and often have no idea what's going on. So I do think, you know, the way that it will be dressed up for TV audiences around the world will be 
fantastic and you will get a real sense of you know the the thrills the spills the 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 action the drama of an olympics it's just that there won't be you know as many insights perhaps as we're used to because we need to keep that safe distance from the athletes and as i said the the surrounding package the friends family won't be here on the ground uh, you know that this podcast, I've mostly been speaking to athletes and they all talk about the last five years and preparing for it and how they feel. You know, I think it's very similar in cases for journalists, especially specialists like yourself, who've probably spent the last five years anticipating, preparing uh, for these games in Tokyo. So how are you feeling now with the games a week away and with all that's happened and happening? It's still feels in many ways surreal and that as I said at the very beginning you know I've not really allowed myself although I've done all the preparation work and and been doing the researching and been telling the stories you know throughout this five years with the way the world has, has gone in the last 18 months I haven't really allowed myself to think yes I'm going to be there yes I'm going to be telling the stories and and doing the interviews and until the last 48 hours when I came into the country um so it does feel very surreal but you know, yeah, I am getting excited now. I do think we've seen through so many continental championships that have been able to happen and also, you know, British trials for the Olympic team. There have been some phenomenal performances and that's outside of the major event that they're all trying to peak for. And I think athletes are desperate to get out there and perform as are the journalists who are going to be here so hopefully we'll be all asking the best questions we possibly can. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a long time coming. The The world, I think, does need this right now. And I really hope that the narrative does change once the action gets underway. I think we saw it a lot with the European uh, Football Championship uh, over the last few weeks. The talk was all about football. In the build-up to it, everyone was saying, well, you know, should all these huge numbers of people be travelling around the continent during a time of a pandemic? Hopefully, you know, there won't be too many cases. You know, it would be very surprising if there weren't any here during the Games. We'll hope there won't be. Um, but yeah, I just hope the narrative changes to an amazing sporting event that people will get behind. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed I'll be I'll be part of that as well. For you, you'll be leaving the BBC after the Games. The post, your post has been cut. So I wonder how you're feeling about the next three weeks. And I think, you know, personally, I should probably mention, it's been discussed on social media and a few newspapers picked it up. Obviously, you know, it's going to be my last Olympics, the BBC, which is which is quite difficult after so many years. But, you know, that does make me think that, you know, I really want to go out with a bang. I want to really maximise, you know, the chance to be at Olympics again. I don't know if this will be my last one ever. It certainly will be for the BBC. And I just want to make sure that it's it's memorable. Uh, yes, for myself, but um, also for the athletes, do the best job that I possibly can and and also absorb every moment of being at a Games. You know what it's like. You, so often you become um, so, you know, overworked and focused on, on right what's in front of you that you don't take into full consideration, appreciation of, of where you are and, uh, you know, the wider colour that's happening and just how much of a privilege it is to, to cover Olympic Games. So this time... I am appreciating every day that I'm at the Games. Fantastic. Hope it goes well. Enjoy it all and look forward to seeing, hearing and reading your reports. I'll do my best for you all. Thanks, Mark. That's Nick Hope of BBC Sport, BBC Olympic sports reporter. Follow him at Nick Hope TV during the Games and you'll get a fantastic insight and a great picture of life in Tokyo too. Uh, Tomorrow, another fantastic story. It's Team GB's other women's 200 metres runner, aside from Dina and a remarkable few years. 
That's tomorrow, and thanks to Nick for today, and thank you for listening, and see you later. Bye-bye.